This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Four games to go in Skybet League 2. And after a double beating over the bank holiday weekend... The Stags have it all to do. Rawson needs to go back to Bishop here and Rawson's had his pocket pick. Sonner in the area, they've got a free shot on goal and Son United have gone 1-0 up. It's a catalogue of errors for Mansfield Town. Hewitt has been sold a dummy into the left of the area, dink ball in towards the middle. It's a free header, it's a shot and it's been turned in by the number seven, David Adjibayo and Son United have gone two goals up. Bishop ball forward, flicked on by Hawkins, a dodgy back That's header it. and Mansfield have got a goal back, it's an own goal. It doesn't matter how it goes in and with some 13 minutes left the Stags have a lift can they get back in this game now Sun United are onside they've been the onside trying to the left of the box Sun United have scored it's 3-1 it's the substitute Richard Bennett who scores it wasn't offside and Mansfield's lifeline is slashed within an instant here's Maris on the edge of the box Longstaff will shoot he's got it to the back of the net Mansfield have got a goal back he took a deflection on the way through too little too late Aikens down the right hand side from Hewitt Trough from a state from Carlisle Lucas Aikens low ball in towards the middle and he's off the bar as I got in, as he crossed the line, Murphy celebrating, he's screaming at the linesman and the uh, officials have said no goal. Referee says advantage Carlisle, they have the ball to the left of the area, here is Amari Patrick up against Hewitt, Patrick onto his left foot, Patrick towards goal and Carlisle United have scored, it's Carlisle United 1, Mansfield Town 0, Mansfield caught on the counter and the Stags are throwing it away. Hopes of automatic promotion are now slim thanks to defeats to Sutton and Carlisle, plus men do have a game in hand for the six points behind Port Vale in third and even worse are now outside of the playoffs on goal difference the Stags need to beat Crawley on Saturday to end the Reds hopes of a very late charge to the top seven get their season back on track and most importantly to quote the song from Journey don't stop believing tonight we'll dissect Monday's defeat where poor officiating goes some way to contributing to the 1-0 loss we'll discuss if it's time for Clough to gamble with the fitness of leading scorer Reese Oates We'll talk home support, fixtures elsewhere and potentially spark controversy, asking if the Stags really do have enough about them to end the season on a high. Plus, as the end of season approaches, it's time to start thinking about dishing out some awards. Plenty to come tonight and as always, we want you guys to get involved at home in the comments. Come and have your say on your team. This is the show for the fans, by the fans, because win, lose or draw, whether we're third from bottom, third from the top or just outside the playoffs, Mansfield will always matter the very last minute. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast 
There's four games to go. It's still all to play for. Strap yourselves in. This one could get tasty. Brand new dramatic music. That means only one thing. That's right. The end of the season is in sight. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast. It's the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. A double bank holiday defeat over Easter weekend. Not the uh, greatest thing for Mansfield Town as it drops them outside of the Skybet League 2 playoffs. But it is still all to play for. We're going to get all the frustrations, all the conversations out of the way tonight so we can fully focus on Saturday afternoon and getting three points at home to a Crawley Town side who mathematically can still make the playoffs, but it's up to us to end their hopes. Joining me to discuss all things Mansfield Town tonight, let's say hello and good evening to Mr Clive Parkin. Hello, Craig. Good evening, everybody. And let's also switch over to Sutton Ashfield, where we'll find the voice of the Stags, Mr. Alan Wilson. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. Good to see you, as always. As always, if you're watching along at home, get involved and uh, get your comments in the live feed now and uh, have your say on your team. Obviously, Clive, uh, you heard at the start there, brand new theme music. It's the end of the season. The drama, the dra the drama. The drama is uh, raising through the roof. Four games to go. In your heart of hearts, taking us away the bank holiday weekend results and uh, all the permutations mixed in with that. Can the Stags make it over the finish line and be in contention for promotion once that final whistle goes on the 7th of May? I think we'll stay in contention. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I have real doubts about whether we can uh, play a part in the automatic uh, promotions um I, i'd love it to be the case but i think those two defeats have made a big hole in the trajectory we needed to get there <clears throat> um having said that i think we are one of the best teams in the in the top 10 and therefore we have a deserved right to be in the playoff zone based on the performances that got us into that position sadly we lost a little bit of that form <clears throat> but we've got lapsley back next week so for the next game i I feel that we're bound to improve on what we've had the last couple of uh, uh, outings. And we have some bad luck as well, it's fair to say. So I'm confident that we'll we'll end up in the playoffs and we'll give a good account of ourselves. Whether that takes us to Wembley, I don't know. We'll see. Alan Wilson, I'm going to put the same question to you. Like I said on uh, the last podcast, Craig, until it's mathematically impossible, I would uh, definitely say we can get in the... Uh, Promotion hunt for the top three, but if that fails, we should uh, there shouldn't be any reason why we can't be in the playoffs. Realistically, though, no, Alan, if to the and to the top enchilons of the playoffs, not six and seven. Realistically, though, mate, that's looking at you know the the final four. I know some of the teams in the playoffs have got each other to play, but if we want to be going for automatic promotion, surely we need four wins from four, and I just don't see us getting those. Yeah, well, if I mean, if we get the four from four, that's fair enough. It's just, you know, it, it, it is really depending on what other teams do now. You know, it's been in, in his own hands for so long and we made a bit of a hash of it through one thing and another in certain officials on Monday. But, uh, you know, if it is the playoffs, then so be it. You know, we'll still, we've still got three games, possible three games to go. 
to be fair though, Clive, whether it's automatics or playoffs, to be involved in something at this uh, stage of the season, something at the right end of the table, makes it all worth watching, doesn't it? I'd much rather be involved in a race for playoffs and promotion than sort of have four dead rubbers to, to go and see out because nobody wants that. No, and the crowds will reflect that. Um, we've uh, we've right we've every right to feel slightly disappointed that we've we've lost a little bit towards the end of the, the campaign. But I just keep reminding myself in October we were whittling about finishing in the bottom two, and I'd have settled at that point for staying, you know, for coming in, in around the twentieth mark. So the fact we're up there in in the position we're at, and we had a little fleeting moment in second and third, didn't we as well? But I just think that, you know we have to get the perspective right on these things. We had a shocking first third of the season. Then we had a brilliant middle third. And then the last third is the bit where it all really matters. And it's been a bit of a mixed bag, um, especially on some of the away fixtures. Um, but we are where we are. And where we go from here is down to us, as Alan says. We've got four games to play. Most of us have only got three. Um, and uh, we've got uh, three home games and one away game. Um, so I think we've... In that respect, we, we have an advantage over some of the others. But we have to win the games. It's as simple as. And then we need to start by beating Crawley. Let's get the bitching and moaning out of the way uh, and talk uh, about Monday because Nigel Clough, you know, has been open this week. Very good interview on iFollow. You can watch that uh, in full on there where he's talked about the referees and the standard of referees within the league and the division and, and things like that spoke about the the goal which wasn't given, which clearly should have been. I think even Stevie Wonder as a linesman would have given that one, to be fair. Uh, and then sort of criticised the officials again for not spotting the offside for uh, for their goal, which ultimately won them the game. But I'm going to take it away from officials because it's very easy to sit and say, well, if that decision goes in, it's a different game. If that, that flag goes up, it's a different game, et cetera, et cetera. The true fact of the matter is we weren't good enough inside the six-yard box, in front of goal. We racked up chance after chance after the chance. Yes, we put the miles in. Yes, we ran our socks off and gave absolutely everything. But when it came down to it, we just simply was not good enough in front of goal. And that is what, for me, frustrates me the most. Yeah, I would agree with that, Craig. You can't you can't not disagree with it because the chances we had, it were like the Alamo, weren't it, to start with. Aikins was firing on all cylinders. I thought he had a very good game, to be fair, mm. especially the first 60 minutes. I thought he was awesome. You know, and I know you don't want to mention, you said don't mention it, but if that goal would have stood, it was his assist and Murphy's first goal. And their play would have gone up 50% after that. But it is what it is. Like you said, we didn't uh, we didn't put the ball in the net, and uh, that's been one of our problems, you know, especially with Reese not playing. But if he does get back, and like Clive says, we've got Lapsley back Saturday, uh, things can only uh, get better, hopefully. Yeah, Lapsley coming back on Saturday will be a huge boost for us. But also, Nigel Clough Clive has said that uh, Reese Oates could be 50 50 for Saturday. And it's at the point of the season now where 50 50 for me is enough. If you get half an hour out of him at best, and he gets you a goal or creates you an assist. That's that's job done because it's clear we were missing him. And we said actually on on Monday post match um, off uh, off air that he probably could have had maybe three or four because the space he would have had would have been absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I'm not so sure. I don't think I'd be risking him at this point because if we do get in the playoffs, we're going to need him more than ever. Um, I think he'd be on the bench. He may bring him on for 20 minutes towards the end. That's what I mean. If you if you've got if you get 30 minutes out of him, that's 
that's better than yeah nothing. i mean uh, it's worth pointing out as well that the last two games he played he wasn't actually on his best form by his own standards so whether he was carrying that injury which then got exacerbated in the game where he had to go off i don't know mm. but either way he's injured and it's one of those injuries that don't heal overnight so um, the, the, the club have to make a decision, don't they? Do we risk him by putting him in a, day, a game too early or not? I'm glad I don't make that, those decisions. Just going back to the officials, Carlisle, um, I've been a referee and the thing is you don't give what you don't see. Um, and there's no way that the referee could have given the decision for the goal that, that was disallowed because he wouldn't be able to see whether it was over the line or not. And the linesman, bless him, was rubbish <laughs> but he, uh, he wasn't in a perfect position to see you could argue he should always be in a perfect position but it it it, it rarely happens that way and in the absence of goal top goal line technology you get a millisecond to see these things and if he didn't see it he can't give it now no excuses for the offside because he was in a perfect position and the pitch markings helped as well so i'll defend him on one and not on the other that we were denied but let's also remind ourselves that Carlisle hit the woodwork twice. Was it three times? That, yeah. I mean, they were better than us when it mattered, where it mattered, at the pointed end. Yeah. So that, I know Nigel was very keen to point out that the stats were superb in terms of running and Don't energy. win your games. Doesn't win your games. The stat that really matters is, is ones in the onion bag and, and, mm. and the points that come from it. Yeah, I completely agree. Stats don't win your football matches, goals do. And uh, the true fact of it, when you strip it all the way down, Carlisle got one, we got none. And that's why we ended up with uh, with no points. I'm going to stay on the officials for a moment, Adam, because I think it'd be nice to do a show. I think we might do this sort of closed season, maybe get a few ex-footballers on and get their views uh, as well. Because Nigel Clough made a really good point in his long interview on iFollow. And he, he spoke about um, even when they're looking at VAR and things like that, sometimes they don't know what they're looking for. They, they're getting it wrong when they're looking at VAR and it's because they don't know what they're looking for. And it begs a question for me that when there's definitely a short supply of officials from grassroots level because of one reason or another, begs the question for me that why, why is, I don't know whether there has or not, has any ex-footballer ever gone on to become a referee once they've retired from the playing career? Because... That, that that for me would be a perfect a perfect pathway. We talk managers talk all the time about um, referees needing to understand the game and understand how it works. Well, what better than uh, than an ex footballer to either to run that to manage it or to go on and become a referee? And most referees aren't full time referees; they have normal day jobs as well. So uh, it's not like it, it's a, it's an imbalance for me, and I think it's a debate definitely worth having. There might be a, there might be a reason. Why, if there isn't an ex-professional footballer referee, there might be a reason for that because they've, they've, they've seen firsthand what it's like to be a referee and how hard the job is. And we all call referees. We've done it like uh, Nigel said on his interview about, you know, the assessors, they're supposed to stand them down for the next game. And, you know, that's not always been the case, whether it's because there's not enough of them mm, or, you know, for whatever reason, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like cricket umpiring. You you never find enough cricket umpires, and it's very rare. Although occasionally you do see ex-players going to cricket umpiring, but it's a very uh, thankless job. I can I can I can clear up the issue on cricketing umpires is because cricket is a boring sport, which is it's better watching paint dry. Uh, let's move back some more, more comments. Uh, Jamie's been in touch and says, "If we do," ooh, I was just reading that, and three more comments popped up and <laughs> took it out of my view. 
if we do go to the playoffs, what's our records against the possibility of the teams in and around us? Automatically is out of the question. I agree that automatic is probably out of the question uh, for me. I think it would take a, a serious swing, but stranger things have happened. Um, as it is at the moment, obviously we're not even in the playoffs at the moment because we're outside on goal difference. Um, obviously, Northampton got that good record against, beat them in 2003, 2004. Um, Bristol Rovers, I'm not sure. Sutton United, obviously, we've only ever played twice in our history anyway, and we've lost both games, so let's yeah. not get them. We uh, don't want them. <laughs> Tranmere Tram- Rovers uh, as well, uh, not sure. Um, obviously, Newport in 10th, we've got a history against them. Um, I think I, I don't think you can look too much at history because those games, you can't even look at um, you know the, the games which have gone this season either. But we've got to get there first. Uh, Craig says, uh, we need to keep positive with the outside chance of automatic promotion. However, equally manage our own expectations with the reality of the playoffs. We do, however, need to get into the playoffs with some confidence and form. Availability of the squad is critical. Let's touch upon the first point within that, Clive, and that is ensuring that we finish the season with momentum because it's I'm sure it's statistically proven actually that the team that gets into the playoffs on the final couple of games of the season that that have won a couple of games to get themselves in there carry that momentum but like we saw when we when we lost in the playoffs a couple of years ago when you miss out on automatic promotion on the final day of the season or the final two games of the season that dents your confidence so uh, there's certainly an advantage of finishing strongly. Yeah, I think our own experience, and if you look at the stats, it seems to happen quite frequently. Those that just dip out on automatic and have to then go into the playoffs are a bit deflated. Those who have arrived at at the end of the sequence and crept in into position seven or six or whatever, they're still up for it. I mean, the momentum is with them. Um, And, you know, I think that is probably borne out by the facts i just think that ultimately the four teams that are in there this year i've done ever so well to get there because it's a very very competitive top end of the league yeah and somebody's going to be disappointed who's going to finish eighth and ninth um and i hope it's not us and it shouldn't be us um, we've got four games i think if we get three wins i think we're, we're pretty much in there um and we should get three wins yeah, that leads me nicely on to Stag Chat's question. How many points do you think we'll get out of the last nine games? Um, I think we're capable of getting nine. Um, I think Forest Green will be the, obviously the tough game because the way the way they're going, they'll be up, but I think they'll need to win to win the league, to be honest. Um, they've got a tough game. Um, yes, if they the bring weekend. their travelling support of 30-odd uh, supporters, we'll be under the cosh, won't we? <laughs> yeah, well, supporters doesn't matter, does it? It's all about what you do on the pitch. So uh, I think they'll need to win to win the league. So I think that's going to be a tough game. Me personally, I think nine points, uh, but I think seven will be enough. Alan, what about you? Ten. I think we'll win three at home and I, I think, think we'll draw at, draw at Salford. Interesting. Mm. Clive, what you, what are, you, are you still going with nine? I am. And my nine are the first, first three games. Uh, I think... Uh, I'd hoped that Forest Green Rovers would have been champions by the time they came to us. Um, but I'm with you. I think they'll still be needing a, a result from us to get that, get their hands on the, the silverware. Um, and if that doesn't drive them forward, nothing ever will. Having said that, we can beat them. But I yeah. think, you know, logic says our present form isn't going to get us maximum points. No. If we don't get anything from Crawley, we really don't deserve too much, to be quite honest. Yeah. It's a big one now. It's our big cup final game. I have and to we say, shouldn't I need. Have... Sorry, no. Carry on. I'll come to mind. And we should need absolutely no motivation whatsoever. 
mm. to have a good time on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I have. Go on, I'm let sorry. me finish. And we're taking all of the tickets. We've sold all the tickets for the Salford game. We'll out shout. We'll out be out. We'll, we'll, we'll be more of us there than their home fans. Um, and if we've got good results from the, the two home games, I think we'll swan that one. Go on. Done. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Excellent point. Well made. I knew we'd get there in the end. I have to say, Alan, for me, Saturday is make or break. And I'm not, I'm not looking at the, this season now as in terms of make or break for automatics, make or break for playoffs. My focus is on getting into that top seven because it still gives you a chance. Anything on top of that is a bonus. But for me, Saturday is make or break. We have to win. And not only do we have to win, we have to win convincingly. Yeah, I think it would give everybody a boost, wouldn't it? You know, especially Nigel, the players, the fans, the staff, everybody, everybody connected with Mansell Town will be hoping for a win. And I think it's definitely doable because they've been, I don't know whether it's a red herring, but they've been putting on their website, whatever, that they've only got 15 players for Saturday and that might drop. But only I mean, need 11 to play, don't you? Only need 11 yeah, to play whether, they have or, whether they have or whether they haven't. I mean, we've been playing with COVID as well for two of them. So, yeah, I just we've been, play, we've been playing saying. against 12 players for the last two games, haven't we? Or, or according to Nigel Clough, since the third game of the season. You have to be careful what he says, does Mr Clough. We might get a little reprimand at some point, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Mark, well. uh, he is. Uh, Mark says, whatever happens, I feel we need to take the positives out of the season uh, from where we were to how we've ended yet. Yeah, couldn't agree more with that. Roy says, starting to look like we did a couple of years ago. We don't have any momentum at all and nothing is a given. Um, and this from Paul, uh, we just mentioned a couple of seconds ago. I couldn't understand why we played two players with COVID. If that was a normal job, you would be told to stay away. VR needs to be brought into lower leagues. They've done it in Scotland and lower leagues. Uh, it's time to bring it into lower leagues in this country. Uh, I'm going to touch upon the, the, the only real point for me on that one. Uh, is is the, the COVID thing because obviously Stephen McLaughlin plays what seventy odd minutes with, with COVID. Mm. Maris comes on and has got COVID. I couldn't understand why we played two players with COVID. Was Paul's comment? Um, for me, we could have got away with not having them involved in the squad. It takes us down to what five subs. But if you don't play them, it's oh why aren't you play? Why are you not play Maris? Why have you, why have you not played McLaughlin and? I think Clough's got this quandary at the minute of um, uh, needing to play it like, like the thing with Reese if he's available, he's available. And it's the same with McLaughlin. He's been struggling with injury and obviously had COVID on Monday. doesn't matter because in, in normal life now, you do not have to isolate. It's all about, and you do not really need to, t tests aren't free anymore. It's all about common sense and, and things like that. And, Yes, you could argue that there's no common sense because you're pretend, potentially risking other players within the dressing rooms. But reading between the lines, the Stags did everything they possibly could to keep them apart. They travel separately. They stay in separate rooms and don't mix with the rest of the squad. They change in a separate area. They're out on the pitch playing and they're moving about and, and things like that. And uh, I, I, I don't know. It's You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. The, the, the EFL at some point, I think next season, will probably bring in bringing different different rules and, and things like that. But I see no reason why they shouldn't have taken part on Monday. From my personal point of view, you know, they would have been asked, do you feel like you can contribute? Do you feel like you can play? They'd have said yes. The club would have done everything on a health perspective to make sure that they're, they're okay to do that. And if they are, they are. Yes, Paul saying that um, if it was a normal job, you'd be told to stay away. 
not necessarily because I know workplaces that even if you've got COVID, you're expected to be in. It's, it's you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. It's a very difficult situation. And my point from a footballing perspective is if they're available and they're fit enough to play, they're available and they're fit enough to play. On that basis, saying, though, Craig, I don't think Macca was fit enough to play. He's, yeah. He was off the pace all the way through the game. And in fact, he was he should, culpable for their goal. I have to say he should have been pulled at half time, but he for the for the first half, first half he was he was he did enough to get us to where we need to be. He should have taken him off at half time. I'll, I'll concede that much. I'm gonna say when uh, I saw the team, I was quite disappointed. You know that Maris wasn't in, etc., etc. Johnson wasn't in, and you know, and all the rest of it. But I understand what Paul's saying because of the COVID. But I think if you turn it on its head, if Mansfield would have won or had have won, I don't think COVID would have been an issue. No. Nobody would have been bothered about COVID. You know, mm. I, I admit it. Isn't, isn't it interesting, though, fellas, that COVID was in, was an important thing when. Uh, uh, Mr. Evans decided that uh, the EFL needed to give permission for the fixture to be postponed. So, that, you know, Paul's every right to be confused by the, the guidance and rules or lack of here because anybody can say, oh, we've got, we've got COVID across the team, we can't play. And who, who sets out to prove or disprove it? Yeah. I think we've approached this very honestly. Um, and yeah. I, my accusation towards Stevenage is they were very dishonest. I 100% think as well that Nigel Clough and, and the, the medical team will have made it clear to uh, Carlisle by virtue of the fact that McLaughlin and Maris didn't get changed with the rest of the players, yeah. that they have two players with COVID that are, that are intending to travel and are intending to play. So I think the club will have done everything in their power to make sure that the opposition feel comfortable, feel comfortable with it. Yeah. It, made me laugh. it made me laugh when uh, it well it didn't make me laugh but i had to smile when it said about you know they even took the food up to them in the in their yeah. uh, prospective rooms or you know i don't know yeah. whether they stayed actually stayed together or whether they're both in a separate room i know they traveled up in cars and mm. whatever but you know you can't do any more craig if you yeah. wanted them i mean maca is a very is as important to me in my opinion as oats yeah, Macca is a very important cog in the wheel of Mansfield Town, and when he's not there, Mansfield missing because Quinn, in my opinion, goes missing slightly. I need him on the left with Macca and maybe Barry up front of them or Aiken, whichever whoever he decides to put in on the day. And Macca is a very integral part of Mansfield bit, uh, playing well. 27 minutes in and we've not mentioned uh, a name yet who I think deserves a lot of recognition and, and praise from uh, from the way we played on Monday. And that, Clive, is Jamie Murphy, who I was really, really impressed yeah. with. And he gave us that extra little bit uh, down the left-hand side and uh, obviously got the, the goal, which which wasn't. I was really impressed with him. I, I think he uh, probably had his best game in a Mansfield shirt. Yes, I'd agree with that. Sadly, a lot of fans don't actually recognise what what he does, I think there's a little bit of prejudice against the lad, but he um, he's still got to he's still got to prove himself, and that's the truth. But you're right, Alan made the point that it, uh, uh, with a different bit of set of look look that we didn't have, he would have scored a goal, and and the assist would have come from Aikens. Two players have been open to criticism from certain parts of the uh, Stag supporters, so I, I, I like him. I think he's got he's got mm. a certain amount of skill that other players in the side don't have. Um, it's finding the opportunity to exercise that skill. Um, if I've got a criticism, I think he tends to play 
that horizontal game. And I do think occasionally you want somebody who can drive forward. Mm. Um, and uh, that's not his style from what I can see. Um, you know, I think Lapsley is the person that can drive forward and we miss him. No question about that. And I think Maris behind Lapsley is an integral part of our success um, uh, this season. So I think we we had a situation where we got hardly any players to pick from. Then we had the, uh, 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 an abundance of riches and we're picking different teams. Sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. I think the January acquisitions was a mixed bag and I think to a certain extent um, didn't or didn't actually improve the quality because um, you, you'd already got a team that was doing very, very well. Um, and I think where we're at now is we're still, we're still trying to find the best way of playing these players. Um, and obviously, fate has a hand in this. Sometimes you've no choice. You just have to play, play players that are fit, even if it's not in the position they would ideally like to play. And I think just going back to Aikens again, he's had a lot of stick. And uh, for the first hour, he was he was immense. Mm, tended to really get tended to lose a bit of uh, um, of the game in the second half, towards the second half of the second half. And I think that's because they found a way of dealing with him. Yeah, uh, but he was finding space. He was laying balls off. He was doing everything Hon he wanted. The lad, honestly, uh, thinking of Reece, thinking of Reece Oates running off of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. yeah. A good Reece Oates. It would have been well well pleased yeah. with that service. But we, we had what we had and that's where we are and we lost a game and it was a bit of bad luck. And mm -hmm. uh, I know we don't look backwards anymore. We look forwards, don't we? Absolutely. Roy says, what do you think uh, of Aikens? And be honest, can you understand why Johnson ain't starting whilst Oates is injured? The lack of someone in the box has definitely cost us lately in the amount of balls we're putting in there early in games. Just no one in there. I think we've covered Aikens. Um, my personal opinion of him has always been, I think he's a very good player for us. Um, and he offers a lot more than what perhaps people see. Just because he's putting the ball in the back of the net doesn't mean he's not contributing. Uh, that's the end of that. Johnson... For a long while, I was very, very frustrated with why we weren't starting Johnson. But I could also understand why, because the game that he plays isn't necessarily the game which Clough was playing at the time. Um, certain teams we were playing against, he wanted to be physical up top and sort of uh, have that physicality. I understand why people say um, have him running, have him running off Aikens and, and Bowery, etc., etc. But he came on at uh, Carlisle when we needed someone to run off the two of them. And he was so deep, he was almost playing at centre-half at, at some points. He wasn't getting in the right positions. Uh, he was wasting his, his, his passes. Um, he wasn't good enough on the ball. And to be honest, it was the first time that I'd watched him and sort of sat back and thought, I can understand, I can understand why. Everybody has a bad game, but when you're waiting for your chance... And then you come on and you don't contribute in that way. It doesn't add. It doesn't add to it. And, and for me, when we've got Jamie Murphy back fit as we have now, and I had a choice between Murphy and Johnson, I'm sorry, but I'm for all Johnson's work last year and, and goals for Leighton Orient, I'm playing Murphy because I think he fits more into the way we play. Johnson's a good asset for us, of course he is, and I think next season he will come good. Um, he just needs a little bit of time to get his head right and find you know the way we play in this system but at the moment when we're chasing something get him on for the last 10-15 minutes fine but I'm starting with Murphy because I think he's the better player for the way we fit and the way we want to play Alan your thoughts uh, I would slightly disagree there because I think uh, I agree with the Murphy you know playing as he's played especially how he played on uh, Monday 
he had a really, you know, like you said, he had a good game. But I think Johnson, with his bit, bit, bit here, bit there, 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there, if he'd have had a run of five games to cement his side, you know, if he was being told on a Friday or Saturday, whenever they say the teams, right, you're in, you know, you're going to play 90 minutes, unless obviously I take you off, but you're in the starting 11. And I think if he'd have had a run of games, I think we'd have seen a different Johnson. But that's only my opinion. Yeah, what's gone is gone. Clive, very briefly, your thoughts before we hear a little bit from Nigel Clough. Um, I agree with you, Craig. When Johnson showed on uh, Carlisle, he didn't do anything. In fact, his touch was all wrong. Having said that, I thought there was a perfect opportunity for Clough to pick him to play a whole game, or at least to start. And that was against the league's now relegated side. Mm. Um, that would have been a perfect platform for him to come and find his shooting boots. We didn't need him on the day, as it happened, but I thought he would have been that would have been the right place for him to to emerge. I, I've got a funny feeling that the fact that he came on just before the end of the first half and didn't score and didn't particularly contribute uh, in the the Scunthorpe game, to be fair, too too much other than breaking the stanchion behind the goal and having one effort, which the keeper pushed away. I think that might have cost him a little bit. I think had he got a goal, he may well have started, but. It's you know it's all if sports and maybes. We're not Nigel Clough. We're not the management team. We don't see what's going on on the training pitch. We don't know what's going off off the pitch uh, either. We've got what we've got, and we we support the players. One thing I would say now is it, it's really difficult because we're we're a forum of fans, and I've you know somebody put a, a comment back about COVID earlier, and I've I've ignored it, and I purposely ignored it because we're not a political forum, and I don't want to go down that route of, of politics. One thing we are now as a collective. Someone else said it earlier. Is that it needs to be positivity. I think back to, you know, the four se- three or four seasons ago when we fell out through through Dave and we needed one point in three games and how how much of a, a toxicity-style bubble it sort of uh, started to create. And we don't need that now. Everyone's done so well to pull together in one direction and I really feel that that's where we need to be. And I think having three of the last four games at home can certainly help to, to contribute to that. Uh, I just think that now... If you've got an opinion about a player and you want to post it on social media, maybe wait till the season's done. Let's let's keep it off there now. Let's keep it in your head and let's just try and go for for positivity. Unless we get thumped 10 nil, in which case, go for it. But there you go. <laughs> right. Say, go on. Go on. No, go on. I was going to move on to Clough. So very, go on, get your point. In. Oh, I was just going to say that uh, if we score, you know, within the first five minutes on Saturday, mm. you'll see a difference. 100%. Uh, let's hear a little bit from Stags boss Nigel Clough then an excerpt from his interview uh, in midweek. Excellent interview on I Follow Stags. Go and check it out uh, in full. Talks a lot about referees, talks about um, you know the, the final four games and all coming together. Here's Nigel Clough's thoughts on those uh, final four games and of course uh, the way that the Stags performed uh, in terms of numbers and stats on Monday afternoon at Carlisle United. Here's Nigel Clough speaking to I Follow Stags. Dave Waldy, uh, strength and conditioning fitness coach, couldn't believe it after the game. He said to have the that second game in three days uh, and to be at that sort of level uh, was incredible. I know it's a big pitch and everything. Uh, his words on the on the coach afterwards were, he said, I've not seen anything like that. Uh, we were 15% above uh, with our sprinting, 20% above with our high speed, high speed running. Um, the Northampton game which was a very, very high physical game for us. Uh, so incredible. So that's the other thing for the sport is your team can't try any harder. 
at the moment. They can't run anymore. We had Stephen McLaughlin play yesterday with COVID. Right? He hasn't trained. Him and George Maris have got COVID at the moment, which I don't know if he gets in trouble with protocols. There aren't any more, so you're not allowed. You can do anything you want now, can't you? Uh, so those two travelled up to Carlisle on their own in the car, isolated in the room. We took food up to them. Uh, they didn't get changed in the changing room, stayed away from everybody and all the things that we can do. And Stephen McLaughlin played for 70 minutes uh, with COVID. With, and the biggest thing, the field, both of them felt breathing problems. George Maris came on for the last 10 or 15 minutes and did the same. They can't do any more, the players at the moment, than what they're doing in terms of trying. And we get frustrated because they, they miss a chance or, you know, a ball across the face of the goal isn't good enough or whatever. We're talking about the base foundation here of absolute 100% effort that your team's giving. And they're giving absolutely everything. And that's why we've, we've come in the day after, because you think about overnight and, and afterwards, you know, you, you try and be rational as much as you can after the game. And it, it is very difficult. So you go over the thing and I say to the players, disappointed with some of our finishing and everything. And that ultimately comes down to two mistakes by the officials. That is what has dictated the result of the game yesterday. Getting the top seven, that still remains the ambition. We've dropped outside, it doesn't matter. Four games to go, three out of four at home. That's a huge advantage for us. Uh, and I just hope that we don't get too down about the decisions because when you get one or two against you, whatever, I think you can cope. When you've had them over 40 games, so starting at Colchester, third game of the season, then players uh, and everybody, and I think supporters and everything, they just get a little bit, oh, it's going to happen again, it's going to happen again. We can't let that affect us. We have to almost above that and we have to win despite that. Uh, and that's the challenge in the next four games. That's a very passionate Nigel Clough speaking to I Follow Stags. Watch that in full by heading to mansfieldtown.net forward slash I Follow. You could hear, Clive, the, the passion in his voice. Bit of anger there as well, a bit of emotion leading that. But that's what you want so long as it is channeled in the right way. Yeah, he's an honest bloke. He, he he says what he thinks, and sometimes that's dangerous. I think he was pretty pretty much on the mark, but fairly balanced. I don't agree that most of the forty games we had uh, bad refereeing decisions, but there were a fair few, um, and not that many going in our favour. I have to say, I think we got a penalty against Bristol Rovers in the early part of the season that was probably a bit lucky. But um, I, I've seen such a a poor standard of referee in this season and I'm sure it's probably no worse than last season but it just it's so apparent this year and just going back to referees I mean who would want to be a referee you know at the, 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 the grassroots level they go they, they, they want to be a referee and they get abused by parents they get abused by players and they get they turn out in all sorts of weathers for a fiver or whatever it is as you go up the greasy ladder I mean there's no real reward apart from the joy of the game. And when you get up into the top flight, there's a, there's a handful of referees who get enormous amounts of money by comparison to what they used to do. But I would imagine the referees at Carlisle and his assistants mm. didn't get more than 100 quid. It's just not. You don't do it for the money and you can't buy perfection. Um, and I'm all in favour of technology. I think that goal line technology has to go right through the pyramid, in my opinion. And VAR, you can leave it on the shelf. Sorry, I'm on a rant. Okay, we'll, we'll go back to Nigel Clough, who was also on a little bit of a rant. Alan, what were your thoughts on uh, on Clough's comment? Passionate, uh, angry, uh, but also, I think, uh, determined to uh, pull his side out of the, the, the negative pot, which they're in danger of falling into. Very honest. I thought, you know, it was a good interview. I personally didn't, you know, 
slightly disagreed with, uh, like Clive said, you know, we haven't had that, you know, we can't say we've had 40 games where, you know, we've had, and I know he didn't say 40 games, but we've had uh, a, a fair share when we were playing, when we weren't playing so well, we didn't get the rub of the green and he admitted that. When we were playing well, when we won the 14, you know, on the mm. bounce or, you know, 12, whatever it was, we had the rub of the green. You make your own luck. And it, it, as, as far as the officials go, when you don't notice the official, is that a good game? But, you know, we t we tend to notice them because there's one decision gone against us or he's made a bad decision, you know, the Forest Green one with Lapsley. That could have turned things, you know, like we're missing out. There's a lot of things that has happened. But like Nigel says, we've got four games. The, we know damn well that the crowd will be the 12th man yeah. on Saturday. And we just need that early goal. Because Mansod, if they get an early goal, they're a completely different team. Yeah, as long as we don't concede first, we're fine. As soon as we concede, you just see it deflate us. But we won't run into that because we've not got time. Uh, of course, uh, the Stags are at home for three of the final four games of the season. All of those games are now all tickets, so you must buy a match ticket before match day itself. Uh, so make sure you do that uh, as well. And the final away game of the, the season, before the playoffs, of course, uh, a trip to Salford City on Bank Holiday Monday to 12.30 kick off that one because it's also going to be shown on Sky Sports. If you want to travel with the SSA, uh, you can do so. Departure time is 8.45am from One Course Stadium. Um, prices on the family-friendly coaches are Amber members, £15, £15 uh, Blue members, £20, and non-members, £25. And the all-important number to call is... 07967-689-597. There we go. Let's see if you can do, do it in unison again. No. 07967-689-Clive. 597. There Bottled it. Uh, there you go. That's almost all we've got time for uh, tonight, talking about all things uh, all things current season. First, let's delve into podcast predictions for uh, Saturday's game against Crawley. Uh, no real change in the uh, podcast predictions table. Nathan got a point because he predicted a, a defeat at Carlisle. Pessimist, his as fault. always. Absolutely his fault. Uh, so he's now three and a half. Well, two and a half points clear at the top of the table. Clive in second and I'm in third. Um, Alan, you're in seventh in the table. and I'm going to start with you for your prediction for Crawley. I'm going to go Mansell Town 3, Crawley Town 1. And Ollie Hawkins, George Lapsley and Reese Oates. Clive. 3-0. Lapsley, Bowery, Murphy. I am going to go for a 5-0 win. Oh, I hope you're right. We do one. We do one. And I'm going to go for Lapsley. I'm going to go for Hawkins. I think he's going to risk re so and I think he's going to get two. And I'm also going to do what I do every single week and go for Mr. O'Toole <laughs> to get a goal. He's due one. He's due one. He's, he's, he's due one. If you want to play didn't a chance on uh, Carlisle, though, did he? Oh, he was injured, so uh, that's why he didn't play. But there you go. Uh, if you want to play along with podcast predictions, the link that you need is in the description. It must be done one hour and one minute before kickoff, and you must enter via the link and not the chat. Of course, tomorrow night, there's something special going on at One Call Stadium. They say that success is built on strong foundations. 
So when 20 years ago, when Stuart Watkiss took the reins of Mansfield Town's first team, a side which was full of his youth team starlets, fans dared to dream of achieving promotion. There were twists and turns along the way and it went all the way to the wire, but in the end, Watkiss and his side made dreams come true. Ball into the area for Kelly, keeps possession, drives it across the edge of the six-yard area, cleared as far as Hassel, back into the box it goes, and we're in front! Mansfield have it, and it's Andy White! It's absolutely nuts at Field Mill! Corner then, he's going to take this corner, holds both arms aloft, the uh, referee waiting to give the signal, Williamson's on the goal line, Greenacre's near the near post, into the area it goes, Tankard heads it goalwards, it's in! It's Andy White! Andy White's made it 2-0! And now we have a little bit of a comfort zone. The referee looks again at his watch. It's just about over. Three seconds remaining. The referee's blown and Mansfield are promoted to Division 2. Scenes of jubilation at Field Mill. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast and 20 years on, we're recalling the stories from that historic campaign with those at the heart of it all. This is Stag Stories, the glory of the Amber Generation. And tomorrow night, it all kicks off with a live show at OneCore Stadium. We're going to be in the Kevin Bird suite. Doors open at 7pm. Stuart Watkiss, Neil Richardson and Andy White will be our guests in person. There'll also be a nice uh, bit of a video on the night as well from some of the guests that we've recorded so far in the Stags Stories series, including Kevin Pilkington, Barry Statham, Captain Les Robinson uh, and another name who I'm not going to reveal yet. We'll be revealing it on the night, but it is insane. Me and Nathan uh, and Andy recorded the episode in the week and it was absolutely phenomenal. Can't wait to reveal who that is tomorrow night live. If you want to go, the link for tickets is in the description now. Um, it's free for SSA members using the code SSA2122 or £5 for non-SSA members. Or just come on the night and pay on the door. It's a fiver on the door. It's going to be a great event. Alan's been busy in the biscuit aisle of uh, Tesco, Asda and all of the supermarkets, haven't you? Yes. We've got three prizes. Uh, we've got a line for the bingo, a full house for the bingo, and we've also got a biscuit raffle for the prize as well. There's three nice handy raffle prizes and biscuit prizes and bingo prizes full of biscuits with tea and a mug. See, a month I- matters mug smashing it out of the park absolutely one of those which clive is holding uh clive's been busy as well thinking of ideas he's been getting his shirt ready as well weeks of this have been coming together and i'm really excited now clive i cannot wait uh for this because as you'll have seen on social media we've had a real really generous donation um from nana print um steve who's made some personalized mirrors which he's um donated mansfield town mirrors they're going to be part of the raffle prizes tomorrow as well shaping up to be a great night isn't it yeah it is and i've also got a, a liter bottle of scotch that somebody can win by skill and cunning yes 
We're looking forward to seeing that as well. I'm sure uh, uh, Stuart Watkiss and Neil Richards will take part in that. Also as well tomorrow night, as part of the, the raffle, uh, we've done some very special Mansfield Matters posters. So you saw in the uh, little intro video there, the, the goal from Andy White, the famous goal, the, the one which uh, eventually got us promotion. Well, we've done another goals recreated poster. We've got some of them framed uh, and they're going to be signed on the night as well by Andy Stewart and, uh, and Neil. And here's an exclusive first look at uh, said poster. Um, just need to, I can't see whether I can't see my screen now because I've blocked it off. But there you go. Uh, you can sort of see it there in the, in the screen. Um, it's a replica of how the goal was scored. Uh, the commentary's on there as well. And uh, these will be signed um, by Andy, by Stuart, by Neil uh, tomorrow night. Uh, and you'll be able to win one of those in the raffle. Really, really looking forward uh, to that. It's going to be a great night. Um, make sure um, that you. Uh, uh, you come along uh, and see that. If you can't get, um, I'm sure that there'll be a recording of it somewhere for you to see, but you might have to wait a while for that uh, to come out uh, due to contractual reasons. But if you can get, get yourself down there tomorrow night, uh, One Core Stadium, Kevin Bird Suite, doors open at seven. We've got uh, a disco on the night. We've got, there'll be a quiz. Uh, there'll be a raffle. There'll be bingo. Um, and there'll all be some lots of other great entertainment, plus all those conversations as well. I'm absolutely buzzing. Shirt ready, Clive? You got the whistle and flute ready? What are we wearing? Are we wearing clothes. 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 Smart casual, isn't it? I thought we'd uh, we thought we'd discuss. I, was say, I thought it was smart casual. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, if, I mean, I've, I've ironed my shirt and everything. So uh... <laughs> what will this do? <laughs> well, you never know. Do, tell you what, just wear, wear what, what you want, and as long as you turn up, it's all good. Five pound on the door. If you're an SSA member, bring your membership card, and you'll get in for absolutely free. Bring a friend, whatever. It'll start at about half past seven, quarter to eight. Uh, doors open at seven o'clock and it will finish around at 10, half past 10. It's going to be a great night. Uh, our thanks go out to the Stag Supporters Association and Proud Stags uh, for supporting the event and enabling, enabling us to put that on. And also a special shout out as well uh, to Laura and her team at One Course Stadium for doing a superb job in helping us get everything organised. Can't wait to see you there tomorrow night. Right, that's all we've got time for tonight. As always, it's time to end in the usual fashion by looking back slightly in anger but also, once this is played, get it out of your mind and focus on the future. Four games to go in Skybet League 2. And after a bank holiday double-headed defeat, it's time to focus on what's in front of us and try to achieve a dream. Just like 20 years ago. Hear all about it tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, doors open, £5 on the door. See you there. As Good Friday turned into a bit of a nightmare, Mansfield Town be hoping to resurrect their form and keep their chances of promotion alive this afternoon on Bank Holiday Monday. They come to a Carlisle United side who are just about safe from the drop but will want to make sure, so this will not be an easy test. Mansfield Town make two changes to the side which lost on Good Friday at home to playoff rivals Sutton United. Out go John Joe O'Toole and Farron Rawson, the two centre-halves. In comes Stephen McLaughlin and Jamie Murphy Aikens down the right hand side from Hewitt's draft from a mistake from Carlisle Lucas Aikens low ball in towards the middle and he's off the bar as they got in as he crossed the line Murphy celebrating he's screaming at the linesman and the uh, officials have said no goal did the ball cross the line it was a great ball in Murphy turned it in it cannoned off the bar and had it crossed the line a tough decision to make we're just watching it back on the replay here and he actually looks over the line 
Alexandra brings it down well on his chest. Mansfield get players back with Murphy. Perch goes in as well and body checks him. Referee says advantage Carlisle. They have the get ball back. to the left get of the back. area. Here is Amari Patrick up against Hewitt. Patrick onto his left foot. Patrick towards goal. And Carlisle United have scored. It's Carlisle United 1. Mansfield Town 0. Mansfield caught on the counter. And the Stags are throwing it away. Absolute sucker punch. And if you want me to be honest, they've knocked a ball there. Because Mack is not right, he's just allowed the centre forward to bring the ball down. Got to be tighter to him there. And I mean, that guy's got pace and power, and he's gone on the other side, and it's absolute sucker punch. Mansfield should have this game dead and buried. Carlisle come forward, up against the Stags who have committed bodies forward. And Amari Patrick, he's outside, he's 1 1 with Bishop. It's 2, it's game over for offside. Mansfield Town, but the flag is up for offside. And that is another huge let off for Mansfield. Elliot Hewitt goes to try and clear, but the referee brings the whistle to the lips and brings an end to this game at full time. It's Carlisle United 1, Mansfield Town 0. So it's defeats up in Cumbria, but that does not matter a bit now. We can't sit and talk about poor officials. We can't sit and talk about poor finishing. All we've got to do is focus on what's in front of us, and that is Crawley Town on Saturday at One Call Stadium, the first of three home games in the final four games of the Skybet League 2 season. The Stags are just outside the playoffs on goal difference. Let's keep it tight at the back and be strong in attack. Get that goal difference up, get the points tally up and get ourselves into the playoffs. Forget about automatic promotion for me for now. If it happens on the final day of the season, then that's fine. But for now, it's all about consolidation getting into those playoffs and ensuring we give ourselves at least a 1 in 4 chance of achieving promotion come the end of May. As always, if you can't make it to One Call Stadium for what is now an all-ticket affair, you must buy your ticket before match day itself. Make sure you tuned in to Mansfield 103.2. Lee Wilson alongside myself, trying to keep me grounded, trying to keep me focused, trying not to let my emotion take over. I'm going to be honest, he's going to have a very, very tough job Build-up starts at 1 o'clock with Jason Harrison and we'll give you every single kick of the action with extensive coverage on Mansfield 103.2 if you can't get to One Call Stadium. Join us on Saturday afternoon for the final four. But before you even think about doing that, clear your diaries and get yourself to One Call Stadium tomorrow night, Friday night. Doors open at 7 o'clock. We're going to be in the Kevin Bird suite for Stag Stories Live. Stuart Watkiss, Neil Richardson, Andy White reflecting on the glory from 20 years ago. From that promotion, 2001-2002, it's going to be a fantastic night. And like we said earlier in the programme, we've got a very, very special guest popping up on screen who's going to be part of the generic Stag Stories, the glory of the Amber Generation series, which is coming very, very soon to your podcast feeds. It's going to be a great night. We're all buzzing. We cannot wait. I won't sleep tonight. Really looking forward to seeing you all there. If you're an SSA member, it's free on the night. Just bring your membership card. If you're not an SSA member, just come on down anyway. It's a fiver on the door. It's going to be a great night's entertainment. Please come and join us. Please come and support this event. We've put in a lot of effort to it. Really can't wait uh, to get it underway tomorrow night. Come and say hello to us as well. Really looking forward to seeing you all Stag's Stories Live. Recalling the glory from 20 years ago, wetting the whistle for what could be to come. Being a Mansfield Town fan should come with a health warning. We'll see you again on Sunday. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.